Welcome back, Giants fans, to the latest edition of the Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast. This week we are 100% British, but still absolutely 100% Giants. Kev's taken a week off to spend with his family, so it's Dan, Shane and producer Craig back with you to bring you all the latest news. Plus, we're going to take an initial look at our 2022 schedule, which was released last week. How are you guys doing? Yeah, not too bad. Nice to see the players back in the camp again. Obviously, rookie mini camp and then OTA. It's always good seeing the uh, the Giants players back at the facility, seeing the interviews and just seeing some of the news that's coming out of East Rutherford. Yeah, man, it's really good. Just nice to see that the sort of them back in the building, making their way towards the uh, the preseason um, activities that are coming up in a couple of months. Craig, how you doing, man? Yeah, all good, all good. It's been an interesting week having a little look at all the quotes coming out. There's a lot of good noise coming out of the camp so far. Everyone seems to have turned up as well, which is always nice. So yeah, looking forward to a slow, slow off-season, I guess, and then getting back into it. Yeah, it, it very, very rarely happens that everyone turns up for voluntary camps. So the fact that pretty much everyone's... Well, I don't think I've seen any anything about anyone not being there even tony's there so that says a lot you know so it's 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 good to see sorry sorry just repeat that again i know tony's there <laughs> just want to make sure we're imagining things turn up to voluntary mini camp voluntary otas he's turned up to i can imagine him turning up like a, a kid being saying to his mom i don't want to go to school out very well and she's like no you're going and he's turned up like sulking his head down yeah, <laughs> yeah man but you know it's great to see, and it, it's a really positive sign. The fact that we've got the the new coaching staff and the new GM in, it's a it's a great sign. It's a great start to their time with the Giants. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what the uh, rest of the off season and then the preseason brings as well. Obviously with with training camp coming up later on in the summer. Before we bring in the latest news, though, just want to say a big thank you to all those who've liked, retweeted, and commented on our Twitter posts. Producer Craig's been all over Twitter recently, um, and we're loving all the interaction we've been getting. So uh, if you don't already just remember to give us a follow on twitter at big blue uk irl also you can get in touch via the new york giants uk facebook group and also via email big blue uk irl at gmail.com now as i said we are going to start off with the latest news uh, as rookie mini camp is in the past and otas are upon us first up obviously six members of the 2022 draft class have signed their rookie deals including both first rounders cave on thibodeau and evan neal it's the biggest Giants rookie class in almost two decades. Did you know that? It's the biggest rookie class we've ever had in the, well since in, in almost the last two decades. No, I didn't either. Didn't realise that. So it's uh, it's good that six of them have signed up so far. Just got another five to go. We also signed up uh, all three fifth round selections. So Michael McFadden, DJ Davidson and Marcus McKethan. And also Darian Beavers as well, our sixth round pick. So let's just leave in Wondell Robinson, Josh Azudu. Cordell Flott, Dan Bellinger and Dane Belton to sign their rookie deals, but I'm sure they'll all be signed up very, very soon, no doubt. So what were your thoughts of the rookie minicamp? Did any of the draft picks or any of the undrafted free agent guys stand out for either of you? Rookie minicamp, it's one of them where like you kind of feel like that you've got to try and make more of it sometimes than what it actually is. You know, for me, it's just a case of the, the rookies getting in, getting used to this NFL lifestyle, getting used to NFL plays, coaches, the way things are done, because things are done, you know, although at college I try to replicate it as much as I can, there's still a big step up, you know, to get them in front of like the media and getting interviewed on the level that they are you know especially for a team like ourselves this is the new york market to the new york media 
some some guys are probably never have going to have experienced that. You know, your likes of Thibodeau and Evan Neal, they've probably had a bit of a feel for it because they were like highly recruited coming out. But the, the other guys, you know, they probably turn up and it's probably more than they imagined it actually would be. But, you know, I think it, it is good that the guys have signed who signed already. I think if it was me, but I felt like a lot of them have signed really quickly. I, I feel like rookies can usually take like till June, July to sign their rookie contracts. Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's been... I mean, look at last year, for instance, it took Tony forever to sign his rookie deal. It seems to be a thing around the league as well, though, doesn't it? Because a lot of the rookies have already signed their, their deals around the league. It's not just us. Nah, that, that's what I was just about to say. It seems like around the league, everyone's getting in on it. And I don't know, if, is it something new? But like, I feel like everyone who's signing, it's a fully guaranteed. I know Tiffany deals are fully guaranteed. I think Trayvon Walker might not have. Well, every, everyone else has seemed to be seeing it. Has he signed? I don't think he's signed yet, has he? Trevor Walker. I don't know. I thought he had. I might have made, I don't know. I, you get that many, like, sort of fake reports and that getting around on, on Twitter and that. But, yeah, for me, it's just, you know, it's nice to see the rookies. It's nice to hear Neil and Thibodeau talking. But for me, personally, it was great hearing Thibodeau talk. Where's all this bullshit character concerns coming out about Thibodeau? Because I listen to that man talk. I've not heard him say one thing where I've gone... Oh, I'm not too. I, I can kind of see what people were saying about you. Instead, he's come in and he's like, you know, it's a dream. He said, "I'm living my dream." He said, "I'm in New York playing football in the NFL." You know, everything he's saying, it's like, yeah, this is a man that's drilled in. This is a man that's focused. He's talking about getting the playbook over, focusing on his on his own market, etc. And I just don't know where all these character concerns have come from. I mean, I had him as my number one player in the draft anyway because the talent outweighed anything. But I don't see any character concerns with, with the things he, he's talking about. No, man. I mean, what everything he said has been, has been pretty positive. And the fact he, he's still sort of he's got the gift of the gab. He, he always sort of knows how to speak to the media. But obviously, that's going to be coming from the fact that he's the the best prospect in at Oregon, their best player by a country mile. So he's he's been in the media spotlight for a little while. But you know, like I said, the New York media, the, the scrutiny for the New York media is is unreal. So the fact that he's already sort of coming out and saying the right things, and not just that, but still remaining humble as well. He seems like a really sort of down-to-earth, genuine guy, and he's just excited to be there. So, you know, it, it's it's a positive sign from him. We were just talking about Trayvon Walker. He has signed his contract. He signed it yesterday, apparently. Again, fully guaranteed contract. But, yeah, obviously Thibodeau signed $31 million contract. Evan Neal, $24.5 million contract, both fully guaranteed. So it's great to have these guys signed up, especially you know, our two first-round picks, have them signed up at rookie minicamp. Um, it's very, very unusual. But, yeah, some of the quotes as well from, from, from Thibodeau and from Evan Neal over this week have just been really sort of positive. You know, the fact that he said, uh, I think Thibodeau said about he, when he put the logo on, it was it was a moment sort of what that wasn't lost on him. It's sort of that first time that he had that logo sort of on his chest and on his helmet. It was you could sort of tell the pride he felt in having that logo on him, which you really want to see. You want to see players that are proud to wear that that jersey and proud to work to wear the the colours and the team's badge on them. So that was that was really quite nice. I think the the mentality and the attitude and just everything about how we're going about our business since Joe Shane took over. It all just seems like. Is it too good to be true? It seems to be going so well that it's kind of you don't want to get yourself into sort of that full sense of security, but at the same time you think, well, everything so far has been really, really good, and nothing really bad has happened so far. So you know, it remains to be seen like what happens as we sort of move through this uh, through the off season. But so far, you can't really fault anything. 
No, not at all. I think everything's gone really well. If you listen to the coaches talk, we're not having any of these sound bites that we got out of Judge last time, where he was saying, you know, we were going to come out and we were going to punch people in the face or whatever else he said. It, it all seems to be a lot more focused on how we're going with scheme and what we're doing with the players and how we're going to move forward. We're adding little bits here and there every day. I think the analogy was something about a train today from Coach Dave's that we're, we're, we're going to be a train and we're just going to keep speeding through something along those lines. Love that, love that. But I love the fact that um, they've been pitched a coach this week wearing, uh, wearing Jordans and they're saying, you know, coach has got swag already and I love that. And it's, it's, but again, that's that sort of like positivity. Like he just looks so at home and so relaxed already. The fact that he's, he's, you know, he's never been a head coach in the NFL and he just, he ex- sort of exudes confidence and you sort of, you see the confidence and you believe that confidence. You know, we're going to talk about Giants Life in a minute, but what what happened on the uh, on the Giants Life episode and the way he's talking, the way he's articulating, the way he's working with Joe Shane, the way he's working with the rest of his coaches, it's like, where has this guy been? Why is he why has he not been a head coach the last two years? Why do we even why did we even bring Joe Judge in as our head coach? We need to do a little special shout out to Joe Shane, who was number two on the quarterback death chart at rookie camp as well, throwing some absolute wobblers to the uh, the wide receivers, but on target. Big up Joe Shane. But what other general manager in the league would do that? And that's just nice to see. It really is. I think one one player that kind of stood out a little bit. You know, I've, I've seen a lot of love for uh, for Dan Bellinger on a lot of socials. You know, he's he's looks strong in both sort of in blocking drills. He looks strong in in pass catching as well. I think it was day two of rookie minicamp. The sort of like little overview of what happened for the day, and he, apparently he caught a a one hander that just absolutely surprised everyone. And so it's just little things like that. And I think he could potentially look like a, a bit of a steal for us. So I've seen a lot of love and a lot of good things about him on socials. So, you know, fingers crossed it carries on. Before we move off Diable and the front office and that, the other thing I was going to say as well, I don't know if this is in the news to be covered. So spoiler alert, potentially, if it's going to be covered. But I thought it was great to see Thibodeau and Diable at the Rangers game. Again, getting behind the New York environment teams went up on the big screen. I believe Justin Tuck was there as well, who's a season ticket holder. He is, yeah. But I think that has been at three of the game, three of the Rangers games. I think it was against the Penguins, I want to say, and the Beaton. But again, it's just it's not our sport. We we don't call the NHL here. But it's just great to see that they're, they're buying into the environment, the, the New York thing, and they're going along to support the other New York teams, even if it is in a different sport and, you know, being in and amongst the crowd. And it's just something that's, that's great to see for two guys who've literally been here. One guy's been here less than a month and the other guy's been here less than three months. It's a good omen as well, because I don't think that the Rangers have lost when Dave's has been there. So... I mean, hopefully they don't steal him away for from us. Yeah, hopefully he's a lucky charm, mate. Yeah, but but no, it's, it's it is absolutely is a good open. But I loved I love seeing that. You know, they're they're both brand new to New York. Well, I say New York, New York City, anyway, and they're getting themselves out there in the spotlight and really sort of spreading the love and 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 the the word of the Giants. OTAs kicked off this week, which sort of started sort of phase three of the Giants off-season program. They last for four weeks. The team are allowed to conduct a total of 10 days of team practice, but with no live contact. Um, allowed certain drills, so seven on seven, nine on seven, uh, and 11 on 11 drills as well. And this week it allowed rookies and vets to take the field together and practice for the first time. And I love the clip of Saquon Barkley and Thibodeau entering the field together just chatting away having a laugh 
and looking looking like they played together for ages, you know, and it just kind of shows how how well that he's settled in already. I know some of them are they're going to be. We said earlier they're going to be red shirting. There's quite a list of them, isn't there? Golladay, Tony, Shepherd, uh, all red shirted doing static catching drills. Others red shirted: Colin Johnson, Andrew Thomas, Nick Gates, obviously for obvious reasons. Matt Pert, Quincy Roche, Blake Martinez again for obvious reasons injury wise. Yes, yeah, so there's quite a few red shirted for for different sort of different drills, but it's not a surprise really. Um, there's obviously various little injury issues maybe, but and they they don't want to risk anything. Yeah, they're at different stages as well. I watched a video earlier where Gates and Pert were walking around, and I don't know if it was Gates or Pert, I can't remember, but one of them was jumping all over the other one. So, obviously, from a slight point of view, it doesn't look too bad. It looks like they're on the way. And Martinez was red-shirted, but did participate in drills, so he wasn't on the sidelines doing statics like Golladay, Tony and Sheps were. And I see the was it David Sills made some, some nice catches as well throughout practice? He caught a few uh, a few nice catches from um, from Tara Taylor as well, um, so that's quite nice to see that. Um, yeah, OTAs has been has been good so far. I was gonna say he he's our uh, preseason MVP every year, isn't he? Hey, David Sills. Yeah, mate, he was last year. I've been like, oh yeah, Sills. Hopefully, Sills will make the squad. Then he makes all these plays, and then like he doesn't make the fifty three. So it'd be interesting. Yeah, he was practice, made practice practice squad last year. Yeah, and we were sort of like, why has he not made the team? And yeah, it just does. It just doesn't seem to happen for him. But you know, OTA so far again, really positive. There's some really good signs coming out of um, coming out of camp. I'm just liking everything we're seeing at the moment. I mean, it's like I said, it sort sort of seems too good to be true, but at the same time, I think it's not, which is a really nice place to be in. And then lastly, we had like I said, uh, touched on earlier, we had episode four of Giants Life, which dropped last week. It sort of stepped inside the uh, the Giants war room as they uh, as they were making their first round selections. I think the the quote of the the episode had to be, "Are you guys ready? Get Thibodeau ready." It's like, "Yes, get Thibodeau ready!" Absolutely, like what a quote that is, and I think that's that's Joe Shane all over. And it also sort of brought you behind the scenes footage of their combine interviews as well. So Evan Neal and and, and Thibodeau's combine interviews. One of the questions they asked Thibodeau was about him being a five star recruit. Um, what if you don't have success immediately? How do you deal with it? And he's like, "At the end of the day, I just got to keep going forward." There's a rearview mirror. It's like tiny and the windshield is is massive because you leave everything in the past and it's, it's just what character issues were there about this guy i really don't know because i've not seen any of them so far and evan knew as well what's your favorite thing about football and the fact that is like you said it's it's his release he loves everything about football and again that just just shows what what a guy we picked up you know seventh overall pick obviously there was there was debate whether it's between him and aquanu as, as the, the best overall tackle but I think we've got an absolute sound guy in Evan Neal, and he just looks like the real deal to me. I wish we could just release more of this. Like, I, I want to see more of the interviews, not not just with Thibodeau and, and and Neil, but show me the interviews with Bellinger and Robinson and McKeithen. I don't care if it's a sixth or seventh round guy. I, I want to see. I like to see the interviews. I like to see what kind of their thought process was, how the person was in interview. Look, we, I feel like we say every single time we talk about these Giants Life episodes, but they're just not long enough. Like, I want it ever dedicated an episode. It could easily be an hour per episode, and they would easily fill that time. When you watch an episode of Hard Knocks, you don't really want it to end. And it's like Giants Life, you don't want it to end. You just have to then wait, like, weeks for the next one to come out. And you're like, oh, God. But yeah, I love it. Absolutely love it. And I think it's 
it's a great insight into the into the team as well, in, especially like the you really get to see the character of the coach and character of Joe Shane as well. There's not really much more I can say about them apart from I'm loving it at the moment. To be honest with you, you know I've got nothing bad to say about them. I really don't. And then this this article that came out of the New York Post over the weekend about the the Giants and Jets being sued about their name because they don't they're not actually playing in New York. They play in New Jersey. I didn't read. I, I saw. I sort of. I posted it in the group, didn't I? I sort of. I, I read it and I was just like, no, that's got to be. A, that's got to be a joke, surely. But I who was it? Was suing them? It was. I think it was two people on vacation, wasn't it? And they had come and they bought tickets and they were li they were in New York and they didn't realise that they had to go to New Jersey to see the New York Giants and the New York Jets. And it's like, just do a bit of research. I don't go anywhere without actually looking at where the hell I'm going. <laughs> Exactly, and I mean it's like it's like I mean I can I can kind of understand it, but at the same time, I mean originally you think we we played in New York, so that's why the name is stuck. I mean, in their defence, we we have just drafted a guy who didn't know we played in New Jersey. In in their defence, I am going to put that out there. <laughs> very true. Very true. Yeah, I suppose. I mean. Let me find the article because I was I want to find about a bit more about it. You know, I've not read the article just because I've seen the headline and I was just like, "What a load of rubbish!" You saw the headline and laughed, right? Yeah, yeah. I literally was like, "I'm not wasting three minutes of my my life reading an article for someone that's probably not even going to get off the ground." In all honesty. Oh yeah, like it's 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 not even going to be it's never never going to get anywhere. Beers a six billion dollar lawsuit. I mean, come on, really? Yeah. A six billion dollar lawsuit. I think they'd be lucky to get six bucks, won't they? Yeah. They said on their MetLife Stadium's located in the swamps of East Rutherford, New Jersey, which has a population under ten thousand, making it the hundred and sixteenth largest city in New Jersey. It's not exactly an exciting and romantic destination. And the Giants and Jets and MetLife Stadium have absolutely no connection whatsoever with the city, county or state of New York. That's not true, obviously, because we, we played in New York till the mid-70s when we moved to the Meadowlands, so straight away it's like, whatever. But yeah, they, they said they were, they were duped by false advertising and other fraudulent deceptive practices into believing the Giants and Jets still played in New York and shelled out some significant money to see Big Blue and Gang Green play at MetLife Stadium. I mean, it's laughable. It really is, but I just thought it was a, it was a funny article. That's why I posted it there because I read it and just laughed at the t as I was reading it. So good luck to them. Good luck to them. Americans will sue for anything. I don't imagine the people that are suing are going to be listening to this podcast. But get a fucking life. That that's all I think. That will get a life, man. That, that strikes me as the type of people who probably who, who probably put about a thousand lawsuits in trying to get some free money or something. I ain't judgey, but like just just get a fucking life. Yeah, and it's probably they're probably it's probably like a no win no fee lawyer, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I've never been lucky enough to get to New York, but look, surely there's got to be something on the ticket as well. Like, is it on the back, the, the address, or something like that? Like, it, it gives you it gives you directions to the stadium and how to get to the stadium. The sort of people that this is just the sort of people where you wonder, like, how old are you, and how have you got this far in your life? If that's what if, if that's what you all you've got to complain about, you got the cheeks put a six billion lawsuit in. You got a pretty pretty cushy life. Like a lot of people have other serious shit going on in their life and you want to complain because the New York Giants play in New Jersey. Wow. If you did not, you'd just be disgruntled. You'd just be like, oh, fuck's sake, that's annoying. And that's it. You wouldn't go, hey, fucking hell, Dan Craig, should we put a lawsuit in against the Giants? Well, six billion will do and we'll see how far we get. You, you just wouldn't do it. You know, it's like someone saying, I'm, I'm, I'm going to sue Manchester United because they play in Salford, not actually in Greater Manchester. 
or not in, in Manchester City Centre. It's hey, like there's an idea. <laughs> Producer Craig, get a lawsuit with all. <laughs> Dear the glaciers. <laughs> it's like it's like I remember quite a few years ago, someone decided to sue McDonald's because McDonald's made them overweight. It was like, well, no, you made the choice to eat McDonald's, eat at McDonald's, and make yourself overweight. They didn't make you overweight, but then McDonald's settled out of court because they didn't want to take it to court. It's like you're you're fucking stupid. But yeah, it just it just made me laugh. That's all. That's that's, that's the only reason I posted it because it was funny. And then before we crack on and talk about the schedule, we've had a few uh, new additions on our defence this week. Defensive end Jalen Holmes, safety Henry Black, cornerbacks Morris Canadi, Can- don't know how to say his name, Michael Jacquet, he sounds French, uh, and Khalil Dorsey, Canadi, sorry, I don't know how to say that name, uh, and Dorsey previously played for defence coordinator Wink Martindale in Baltimore, and Jalen Holmes was uh, in Minnesota with our defensive line coach Andre Patterson. And in other moves as well, we terminated different contracts. So linebacker Trent Harris, Brian Lewerke, quarterback, was waived. Raymond Johnson III was also waived. Antonio Valentino and Jordan Mosley as well were also waived. Anyone in those moves stand out to you guys? Trent Harris stands out a little bit. I always felt like he was someone that kind of didn't do too bad when he was called upon. He's not going to be a big miss. No offence, Trent. But he's not going to be like a, a massive miss. But like Raymond Johnson, I, I know me and Kev were quite keen on him last year. And, you know, we had him making our, um, our 53-man squads as well last year. I'd like to have seen him kept. With someone like Raymond Johnson being moved on, I do kind of wonder if our mate Gary could be on the chopping block at some point. Yeah, it's a, it's a concern. He was drafted by the previous regime. Mainly drafted for special teams. He's not really had much of an effect on I know that... A lot of guys playing special teams this week and, and doing special teams drills as well, so he's got his work cut out. Yeah, but um, I know Dave Gable made a special mention of Corbin, the Florida State running back, the other day, saying he, you know he's, he's been impactful. So, you know, you do wonder if... Someone, yeah, the undrafted guy, yeah. Yeah, you do wonder if someone like him could come in and, you know, similar to Raymond Johnson, our mate Gary could be on the uh, on the chopping block. Yeah, quite possibly. Yeah, the the Raymond Johnson move, whilst it didn't surprise me because he obviously he didn't see any any game time last year, yeah, it was disappointing because we 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 had high hopes for him. Well, not say high hopes for him, we had hope for him in you know in the off season last year. But you know, yeah, Trent Harris was kind of the one that stood out for me as well. I thought, okay, where obviously he obviously doesn't fit Wink's scheme or or the 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 type of linebacker that he wants in in his on his defense. So see you later, mate. But you never know. Any of any of them could be brought back at any time during camp during the rest of the off season. So it's it's still so early. It's still so early days. You know anything that these moves are just going to hum and go all the time. So you know we'll we'll, we'll see what happens sort of as we move towards um, training camp really, which is obviously what two three months away. It does look like they're just stuck with the three defensive or the defensive back pickups that they've made. It does kind of feel like. They don't want to go for one of those more experienced veterans that they're almost willing to pick up the kind of, not the dregs, because that's 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 harsh, but, you know, they're willing to pick up the lesser known, more raw, more rookie end of the spectrum with Canady, Jacquet and Dorsey. I thought you were going to call him Jacket for a, for a second, I'm not going to lie. Jacket, yeah, <laughs> Mr. Jacket. But no, I think... Obviously, the fact that we let James Bradbury go to the Eagles. Don't even go there. Don't. You know, I wasn't going to bring that subject up, but now you have. 
James Bradbury, shame on you. Shame on you. And the fact that he said he wants to go somewhere that he's going to win. I mean, I'm sorry, you ain't going to win at Philly. Not not with Jalen Hurts as your quarterback. You ain't going to win anything, mate. I'm sorry. Good riddance to you. See you later. There are other offers on the table. Why choose there? Higher offers on the table as well, reportedly. It does. Exactly. Why, why choose there? It's got revenge written all over it, hasn't it? And hopefully our two little speedsters will uh, wave him goodbye as they go past him. Mate, I'm counting on it. I'm looking forward to the two Eagles games now. I put it that way. Yeah, just what what a prick. Why why go to why who who wants to play realistic who wants to play for the Philadelphia Eagles? Come on. They threw snowballs at Santa. I mean, come on. Exactly. Exactly. Filthy. Filthy Philly. Yeah, good luck to him. Not. But yeah, I I genuinely think that we'll probably with regards to uh, DBs we'll probably make do with what we've got or sort of you know it'll be almost like a like a revolving door of backups sort of coming in and out over the sort of next few months trying people out seeing how they get on if they're not a right fit or don't impress see you later out the door bring the next one in and I'm thinking ahead to next year think of how much cap room we've got next year was it 80 odd million next year so that's when we could potentially bring someone in you know a, a proven veteran uh, on, on on more money or you know look at look to the draft again next year so I do think the cornerback's going to be a big issue. Like if you if you look at it very quickly, the cornerbacks, our cornerback group isn't very healthy. Adore Jackson has kind of, I don't, I don't like to throw the word injury prone out there quite a lot, but he's not been available the way he probably should have been when he was at Tennessee, for instance. Aaron Robinson last year missed the first few weeks. I think it was about the first six weeks he was injured. Redarius Williams coming off at ACL, I think it was. Cordell Flott. He's a rookie at the end of the day. On Cordell Flop, breaking news. He has signed his rookie contract. There we go. Breaking news on Big Blue UK and Ireland. Just come through now. He's signed his rookie contract. Yeah, cornerback's an issue for, for me at the minute. Like I say, it's not, it's not the most, it's not been the most healthy position for us uh, when you look at the players and how, how often I've played over the, over the years since I've been in the league. Yeah. There's no contract details as of yet, but yeah, he's signed his rookie deal, so... That's number seven signed up. I've got it here, actually. You've got the details of you? Yeah, so uh, four-year, 5.2 million deal with a signing bonus of around 983000 I mean, you're not going to grumble at that, are you? No. <laughs> you're not going to complain with that. A million dollars in your bank account, that's like that. Thanks very much. Thanks very much. I'll run alongside fast players for 16 weeks of the year if I get that much money. Or 17 Eight. weeks of the year. 100%. No, yeah, so yeah, it's good to have the seventh one signed up. Four more to go, and I'm sure they'll probably all sign up within the next week, no doubt. Now, moving on, after sort of the most dragged out schedule release I think we've ever seen, it was brutally painful. Like, you'd get dribs and drabs here and there on socials, and it was just like, really, NFL? Really? Like, why? Thanks very much. Trying to, I'm trying to make this drawn-out long spectacle of the schedule release, and it was just like, we just want to know who we're playing and when. <laughs> it took, what... Really, like three days for the full schedule to be sort of released, and yeah, obviously the the, the full schedule came out. Uh, we already knew we were uh, playing Green Bay in Week Five in London. In where? In in London at Tottenham Stadium. Yeah, um, boy. Oh yeah, 
Uh, but we now know the rest of the schedule as well, and it's it. You know what? It's 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 quite. It's not a bad schedule. I'm I'm quite happy with it. We we've got six games against t- uh, playoff teams from last year. Uh, so obviously Dallas and Philly twice, and then we only then played Green Bay and Tennessee. So all the other games are against teams that didn't make the playoffs. Starting off on the road at Tennessee in in uh, in Nashville to take on Derek Henry and his Titans. September 11th, 4.25 kickoff. So that'll be 9.25 here in the UK. But, you know, Titans can be so hit and miss. I think last last year they had a, they had a relatively good year. The fact that they, they, they made the playoffs and looked good. But I wouldn't be surprised if we lost that game. But at the same time, it's so, it's so early to, to really make any predictions. Um, so we're not really going to do that. It's just, yeah, Tennessee week one. And then moving to first home game, home opener of the season. Uh, Sam Darnold's back at MetLife Stadium um, as the Panthers come to town. Your old team, Shane, they come to town uh, a week late on the 18th of September, 1 pm kickoff. Uh, so a nice 6 pm kickoff for us here. Uh, I think it was, how many, is it 10 or 11 games that we've got the the 6 pm games, uh, which is fantastic for us. I think 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. 9? Yeah, nine. Nine, you've got the early game in Green Bay as well, haven't you? Yeah, and then there's two games that they're, the date and time haven't been announced yet. The game's towards the end of the season. Uh, but yeah, so it's week two, Panthers come to town. Decent home opener. Uh, I am surprised that um, one of our first two games wasn't we were not playing Dallas. But then soon after, week three, up come the Dallas Cowboys. Monday night football, so it's our only real sort of prime time game of the season. You know, not counting Thanksgiving. But yeah, it's our only sort of Monday night football game of the season. I love watching the Giants in prime time. I love watching, you know, the, the prime time games. But it, it doesn't surprise me. And, you know, I think last year we had, I think, what, did we have any prime time games last year? I can't remember. I think, again, we had one. Chiefs? I, I think, yeah, we have, that was Monday night football, wasn't it? Was Washington a... a... 1am game maybe on the Thursday Yeah, we had a Thursday night as well, yeah. So yeah, so week three at home to the Dallas Cowboys on Monday Night Football. Uh, and then in a three-game sort of homestead, we got the Chicago Bears. So thanks very much for uh, Evan Neal, Chicago Bears. They're coming to town in week four to uh, come up against the Giants and see what they gave away in Evan Neal and what they didn't really gain in Justin Fields. October the 2nd, 1pm kickoff again. And then the game we're all looking forward to, the game we're all going to be at, that everyone's talking about, uh, the Green Bay Packers in London at Tottenham Stadium. It's a, it's a 9.30 Eastern kickoff. Obviously, it makes it a 2.30pm kickoff here in the UK. I mean, what more can we say about that game apart from roll on the 9th of October? And it's the weekend before my birthday as well, so it's an even better opportunity, an even better excuse to get absolutely rat assed And just a reminder to people listening, watch this space. Absolutely, watch this space. We've got things in the pipeline, so uh, keep your eyes and ears peeled, listeners, because there's hopefully going to be some exciting things happening uh, over that weekend in London. That's all we can say at the moment, put it that way. Week six, then we're back at home. We kind of thought it wouldn't happen. It would. It would happen, but you know, it might have surprised some. Uh, but no bye week in week six, so we come back to MetLife Stadium and play the Baltimore Ravens in week six, October sixteenth. Again, one pm kickoff. I do have a little bit of a soft spot for Baltimore because I like to watch. I love watching Lamar Jackson. I think he's a, he's a talent. He's such an amazing talent, that guy. Uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing him come to town. Hopefully, we can get the win against him. But 
we'll see, we'll see. Week seven, we then go on the road to Jacksonville, which is a definite win. Well, obviously, they're, they're two years in a row they've had the number one draft pick. Uh, so they've obviously got Trevor Lawrence and now they've got Trayvon Walker in there. Can we just um, clip that for Dan, please? <laughs> so I need to definitely... It's a definite dub. I've got all absolute confidence that we'll get the win in Jacksonville. On 23rd of October, week 7, 1pm kickoff again. And then our last game before the bye week, we go across country all the way to the West Coast to play the Seattle Seahawks. In the only time we do go west uh, in the season, October 30th, 425 kickoff, uh, so it'll be 925 here. And then bye week right in the middle of the season, week nine. Really good time to have that bye week. Let's just hope we go into it off the back of a whim because then coming up after the bye week in week 10, we play the Houston Texans at MetLife Stadium. And judging by how the Texans played last year, you would hope we come out of that bye week with a win as well. But we'll see what happens. But 13th of November, 1pm kickoff. Moving on, week 11, Detroit Lions come to town. Jared Goff and Aiden Hutchinson come to town and play us on the 20th of November. Again, 1pm kickoff. And then on Thanksgiving Day itself, 24th of November, we go to Gerald and play the Dallas Cowboys uh, on Thanksgiving Day, 4.30pm kickoff. Love, love Thanksgiving football. Uh, triple header on Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving's good for two things, food and football. And I love the fact that we're playing on Thanksgiving. But we haven't played on Thanksgiving since 2017. And we've only played four times on Thanksgiving since the late 30s as well. Uh, our last win on Thanksgiving was in 1982, so 40 years ago now. Um, so let's hope we can break that duck and, and get a dub on the road in Dallas and uh, show up Dak Prescott and Zeke and make Jerry Jones go red in the face because uh, that's always fun to see. Then a nice little break until we uh, then come up again at home to the Washington Commanders. Almost went to call them the Redskins then and then the football team, but they are now the Washington Commanders. So between work weeks 12 and week 15, uh, we have four divisional games in a row, two of which against we got against the uh, the Commanders. So first game against them week 13, 4th of December, 1pm kickoff. Week 14, at home to the Philadelphia Eagles. Again, 1pm kickoff. And then week 15, date hasn't been decided, kickoff time hasn't been decided, but we're on the road to the Washington Commanders. So play them twice in the space of three weeks. Uh, that'd be quite interesting. And then Christmas Eve, December 24th, on the road in Minnesota. So at, in, at the Vikings, in the cold. Thank God they play in a dome. And then our last home game of the season, New Year's Day. And we are at home to Matt Ryan and the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, so my brother's a big Colts fan, so that would be quite a nice rivalry to have on New Year's Day. And then last but not least, we finish the season on the road at Lincoln Financial Field, where we're going to piss all over James Bradbury and the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, again, date not been decided. Kickoff time not been decided, obviously, because the flexi schedule sort of towards the end of the season. But yeah, finishing the regular season on the road at the Eagles. That's the schedule. What do you guys make of it? I was just going to say, and in Kev's absence as well, um, obviously that Philly game, uh, 7th, 8th of January, win there will see us get a boy in the first round of the playoffs. Yes, it will. Absolutely will. There's the Kev optimism in his absence. Uh, num number one seed in the NFC, right? <laughs> no, I think it's a, an okay schedule. Could have been a hell of a lot worse, really. I think, we're, I think we rank 30th in strength of schedule. Yeah, I think all four NFC East teams have the week have the weakest schedule this year. Yeah, 
that's what I was going to say. But no, you know, what we've got to remember is like, you know, we talk about Chicago and, and Jags, Texans, Lions, but we've got to remember, we're, we're looking at them games as that damn winnable games for us. We've also been really shit these last four years, so their fans are going to be looking at it and saying exactly the same thing. You know, week 10 Texans, we're going to be 10 weeks into the season, then one of us could be eight and two, the other one could be three and five. So, you know, that's why we're not going to get too much into into predictions. Predicting the win-loss record at this point is as stupid as a mock draft for next year right now. But I think the games that stand out for me, other than the obvious Green Bay one, I really like Thursday night football against uh, Dallas on Thanksgiving. I'm really looking forward to that one. And then being a football fan or a soccer fan, I always enjoy Christmas time games. I love the Christmas period. So I love games in and around Christmas, you know, I'd loved it if we were playing Christmas Day. Instead, I'll take Christmas Eve. That'll be something to kind of watch and pass some hours. So that would also be a nice little sweetener on Christmas Eve, ready for Christmas Day as well, when the Giants get another win. Yeah, exactly. So I think they're probably the two that stand out for me uh, personally, Thanksgiving and Christmas Eve games. Yeah, man, big holiday games. Holidays are good for two things, food and football. Absolutely. There's that little stretch, week four, five, six. That's my best mate's wife, my best mate and my best mate, all of their teams in a three-game stretch, plus playing the Packers in the UK, hopefully with John as well. I think that's what stands out as on a personal level. I think if you look on a team level, you just look at any divisional match, don't you? Ending at the Eagles, Thanksgiving, that run of th- run of four essentially, Thanksgiving, December fourth, eleventh, and then the seventeenth, eighteenth flex. That's going to be potentially tough, depending on our record. It, it could be make or break as well. Up, up. You think up to week twelve, we only have one division divisional game. So the first eleven weeks of the season, we're playing once against a divisional rival. We then play four in a row. I, I hope we're in the, in, the, in, in the position at that point of the year where it could make or break it. I hope we're not in the position where the season's lost and we're already looking forward to, to 2023. But that's a huge that's a huge stretch there. Like I said, playing Washington twice in the space of three weeks, on the road in Dallas, at home to Philly. I saw to play for there, I think. But yeah, the, the game that stands, the two games that stand out for me. Um, like I said, because my brother's a Colts fan, looking forward to the Colts Giants. Obviously, previously it was the it was the Manning Bowl. You know when obviously Peyton was in uh, Indian, we had Eli in New York. Uh, looking forward to the Colts game, and the Chicago, Green Bay, Baltimore. Those three weeks as well. Obviously, all they're all playing the same division. So looking forward to seeing um, how we do against those. Looking forward to that Chicago game just to sort of, again, like I said, sort of wave at them and say thanks, Reverend Neil. And Seattle game. Very winnable, especially now that they don't have uh, Russell Wilson. I'd look at usually look at that and go no chance, but now looking at it, you think yeah we've got a chance now. So there's some there's some good games coming up. I'm looking forward to the season, and the fact that our schedule could have been a lot lot tougher is uh, it can only work in our favour. I think the only um, thing you've got to bear in mind with a lot of these teams though is that there is a chance that some of them could turn around and do a Bengals quite easily. Absolutely. You know, the Jags sometimes just pull weird things out, don't they? Like they go on runs every sort of few years and you never know if Trevor When they when they were Saxonville, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't wanna say that um, you know, they've got a phenomenal receiving core with Evan uh, Engram in the middle of that at tight end, but Stranger things have happened. Yeah, true that. Very true. I think the, the key run for me is weeks 7, 8, 10 and 11. Because in those four game weeks, we play three teams that had the top three picks in the NFL draft this year, as well as Seattle team that had the 10th pick this year, 
but now don't have Russell Wilson. And slap bang in the middle of all four games, we've got a bye week to recover as well. So, like, for me, me, I think that could be a, a key period, sort of end of October through to November. Huge, because, yeah, we again, like, after sort of that sort of week six, we could be in a, you know, uh, yeah, maybe it could be three and three. If, if we win three out of those four games in that five-week span... We're then we're then sitting at what six and four. We're then looking ahead to those four divisional games on a winning record. You can't you know you can't grumble with that. But then again, it can then go the opposite way, and we can lose all four of them games surrounding that bye week. So it's a, it's a it's a really interesting schedule, and obviously yeah, it's going to be week by week and sort of seeing how it goes to start off the season. Just hope just got to hope we get off to a, a a good start or at least a positive start to the season, unlike last year. Competitive. That's all we want to be. Hundred percent, absolutely. And I mean, you, you look at that week as well. You look at it. You're facing Trevor Lawrence. He, you know, he's he's not proven anything yet. It's on his second year. You're then facing Drew Lock, Davis Mills, Jared Goff. They're not really quarterbacks where you're going bloody hell. Same like you're facing Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, and Justin Herbert. Very true. But then on the flip side as well, they're looking and going. We're facing Daniel Jones. Yeah, hundred percent. And I can understand that completely. Yeah, it's going to be every week in, week out for us throughout the season. It's going to be very, very interesting. And obviously, the three preseason games as well were announced. We got New England on the road, with then home to Super Bowl losing Cincinnati Bengals, and then obviously finish off with the uh, with the New York Derby. Technically, the road team in that week against the Jets. It's always good to watch the preseason games and get a feel for how the squad's shaping up. But what do you make of our schedule, listeners? Let us know your thoughts. Get in touch with us, just like the fine people that have, because it's time to open our mailbag again. So really appreciate you getting in touch with us, guys. So we've got Adoligid. I'm, I'm going to assume that's how you say that. Adoligid on Twitter. What gives you the most hope and what do you fear the most for the upcoming season? So what gives you the most hope this this season? Pass rush. You know, you got Aziz, had eight, eight and a half sacks last year. And then I just really like Thibodeau. Like I said last week, you know, I, I'm going to be having a cheeky bet on him to be defensive player of the year. I really think he's going to come in and... DPOY, not D, not D, not rookie of the year, no? Uh, rookie of the year, sorry. Yeah. Defend, defensive rookie of the year. You think he's going to beat out Aaron Donald and get defensive player of the year? Damn. That's high hopes for him. Mate, I'd love that. I'd fucking love it. But... That, that's probably my... my um, what's it called? Bold prediction. You can you can get that snippet as well, Craig. He's going to get defensive player. Yeah, yeah, you can have that. Save those for sandwich prop time. <laughs> but now, in all honesty, the pass rush. I'm kind of going to be interested to see what he does with sexy Dexter. I, 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 I would like to see Dexter Lawrence playing the nose. I really would, because he's a big guy, and he he's not really got pass rush moves. He's not he's not put up the numbers like Leo has over at the end as well. So I'll just be curious to see what could happen with with Dexian at nose tackle. Um, but I don't know, I just really like the idea of Ojolari and Thibodeau blitzing off the edge. Mate, scary, scary thought. Like, I, I think between them, you know, if they could combine for 20 plus sacks, I'd have that all day long. Solid solid eight off Ojolari again, and then uh, say 12 off Tibbs. Yeah, I, I saw a, um, is an instant impact for like who there's a one of the NFL media guys did it sort of top 10 instant impacts for rookies this season and number one and number two Kayvon Thibodeau and Evan Neal and the fact that he thinks they're going to have the biggest impact on their team out of all rookies in the whole league and I think 
I, I, I wouldn't go against that, really. And who do they both play for? Um, the New York Football Giants. That's who they play for. Go on, Sam. Craig, uh, what do you, what do you, what gives you most hope for the season? I don't want to buy in too early, but a competent coaching staff and the idea of excitement behind having someone like not just Dable but Kafka and Wink as well. Who both I know that Kafka hasn't done offensive plays. You look at what he did in Kansas, and then Wink is renowned, isn't he? He's just he's a master. I do think maybe that this is this is going to touch into my fear, but the cornerback situation is obviously just horrific at the moment, and Wink's system does rely on that. I just think that the pressure that Wink will be able to get for us might cover that slightly. So yeah, so the coaching staff, a competent coaching staff that don't do third and whatever it was, quarterback sneaks. <laughs> third and long quarterback sneak on your own five yard line. Yeah, good good job, well done. Yeah, mate, to be fair, like your yours is pretty much very similar to mine. I'm not I mean, I'm not hundred percent sold on it yet, don't get me wrong, but I'm just loving the positivity that's around the team at the moment. The new GM and, he- and coaching setup, I think it it gives us a lot to a lot to look forward to for the season, and it gives us hope as well. Because if you haven't got hope, what have you got, really? You know, we were we were talking this time last year about do we think Joe Judge's second year is going to get any better? Well, obviously, we we're talking about going to you know Dave Gettleman is this going to be his last year? And now we're in a position where we've got both a new GM, a new head coach. And two new coordinators as well, plus a load of new coaches as well. I'm just, I'm just loving the positivity that surrounds the team at the moment, and everything you see that comes out on socials, whether it's videos, whether it's press conferences, whether it's, you know, even down to the players' own, you know, personal social media accounts as well. Everything's so positive, and just, you just get that feel, you know, just that, you know, we could be onto a winner here. Uh, we don't expect anything in in year one of this sort of new regime. We don't expect to be pushing for a playoff but you know playoff spot we don't expect to be pushing for you know even necessarily a winning record you know come the end of the season what we do expect is progress and improvement and to be competitive and I think with these coaches that we've got in place and with the GM that we've got in place and the fact he seems to actually have his head screwed on unlike Trader Dave did I, I just love the positivity and how that everything's looking so far really and I think that gives us a lot of hope going into the season fears then the biggest fear for the upcoming season I think Craig you already touched on yours yeah I kind of cornerback fears me the other thing would be injuries just because we are notorious for it and being thin at certain positions I think injuries is going to be a big one yeah I think that's, I think that's going to be a lot of people's fears is injuries to key players you know look at last year we lost Blake Martinez early and losing Blake Martinez as your as your Mike linebacker as the captain of that of that defense was a, a massive hit. It was a massive loss, and I don't really think the defense recovered much from that. Shane, your fear. Just to be different from the fears, obviously cornerback would be the choice, but we've already discussed that. So I'm actually gonna go for our wide receivers not performing again. You know, you've got Golladay coming off a no touchdowns last year. We've got Kadarius Tony who Seems like a Jacqueline Hoyd kind of guy. We've drafted a guy who's five foot eight. We've got Shep coming off an injury. We've got Slayton who we've apparently um, looked at moving on and seems to have regressed every year. 
So, you know, it could be a case of maybe relying too heavily on Saquon for, uh, as an example that, you know, he's going to end up carrying much more of the workload. So hope, hopefully the wide receivers can step up to the plate this year because they certainly didn't last year. Yeah, my biggest fear is, well, two, twofold really. One, regression. Actually performing it was sort of on a similar level or getting or not having that progress that we want um, throughout the season. I don't see that happening realistically, but it's, you know, being a long-term Giants fan, it's kind of, you know, we've had our ups, but we've had plenty of downs in the last 15 years. And I really want to start, you know, we've, we've seen, we're in the deepest trough we've been in for a long time. I now want to see the upward curve. Um, and I'm just, I don't I, just, I don't want to say it, but I'm, I'm still got in that back, back of my mind that we'll sort of, we're not going to see that upward curve. We're sort of going to either stagnate or be or regress a little bit. I don't see it happening, but that is a fear. As well, second fear is Daniel Jones, is that he doesn't produce when he needs to. He's got, yes, the weapons are there. Yes, Barkley's back. Yes, the O-line is, is shored up. I mean, you look at the offensive line now in comparison to where we were this time last year, and on paper, it looks, you know, 10 times better. But Daniel Jones... The question marks still surround him and the question marks will surround him going into the season and even in the season as well. Unless he comes in, comes out week in, week out and absolutely balls out, it's gonna get to it's gonna be a case of is he the, the future of the franchise? And it's gonna it's gonna take the vast majority of next season to find that out. But I, yeah, just that fear of he's not gonna produce when he needs to because he hasn't produced when he's needed to apart from the first few weeks of his career really. So that's my sort of main biggest fear is that he doesn't produce and he ends up off the team next year and we end up looking for a quarterback come the draft. But yeah, thanks for your question. It's a good one, it made us think. Next up, Tony Little on Facebook. So this one sort of made me chuckle. A, because I had no idea who he was talking about. And then B, when I realised who he was talking about, I was just thought, who the hell is this guy? But his question says... Would... You've heard of Thibodeau, ain't ya? Huh? You've heard of Thibodeau, ain't ya? Thibodeau? Oh, yeah, I've heard of him, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so here's Tony Little asks, would you rather fight one Thibodeau-sized Hasbullah or 20 Hasbullah-sized Thibodeaus? Now, I had absolutely no clue who this Hasbullah was till I think it was you, Shane, that posted a picture of him in our group chat and I realised what this guy looked like. He was on an away day with you, wasn't he, Shane? He was indeed. Bristol away. <laughs> and I was like, really? What? What? I think one of the words to describe him in that group chat was a scrote. Put it that way. This is a true story. Do you know people actually upload photos of um, Hasbullah onto things like Twitter tagging football clubs in it, saying, taking my nephew to the football for his first game. Clubs actually putting it out on the big screens in the football grounds, not realising. Oh, no way. No way. Three or four times now, people have actually took a photo of it up on the big screen at a football ground saying, like, you know, welcome. I don't know, I don't know what name they might call him, like Aaron or something like that, but welcome Aaron to your first football game on, on the big screens inside the grounds. Love that. But yeah, going back to your question, Tony, uh, so would you rather fight one Thibodeau-sized Hasbullah or 20 Hasbullah-sized Thibodeaus? I think this is quite easy. I'd rather fight one Thibodeau-sized Hasbullah. Number one, he's small, so I can take shit out of him. Like, fuck, fuck off, leave me alone, go away. Thibodeau's what, six, four, six, five? He's big. Built like a brick shit house. I mean, I wouldn't want to say. I'm six. How many foot? I'm six foot, and I think I'd, I'd be like, I, I wouldn't want to fight that. I think I create all sort of six four, and even still, you'd probably be like, uh. 
Yeah, he's about the same size as me, height-wise, but he's probably double of me and built like a brick shit house. Yeah, exactly. Well, like, there's one stupid old size has Bulla. You could do that thing, couldn't you know, where you see movies where you just put your hand on the forehead and I can't get to you, just keep them an arm lengths away. Like, I could just do that, absolutely fine. Whereas 20 of them, they'd be coming at you from all angles. I think I'd rather I think I'd rather I'd rather fight twenty Hasbulla sized Tibidos. I could just kick him in the face then. Now there's twenty of them. Knee, knees knees in the face, mate. They'd be down. No, I reckon you get about four. Then next thing you know, one's jumped. Up, they've, they've climbed on each other's shoulders. One grabbed you around the neck. You're getting strangled. Trust me, I'll give some serious sport to this. I, I'm taking one Tibidos Hasbulla. Your, your visual for this is if you've watched Charles play and you know what Chucky's like, think of twenty of them with pass rushing moves. <laughs> And 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 the toys of Thibodeau. Chucky's only like what two foot is it? No, no, no. There's twenty sized Hasbullas. Hasbullah sized Thibodeaux. Okay, yeah, yeah. So it's twenty small Thibodeaux or one big Hasbullah. I'm taking the one Thibodeau sized Hasbullah. I suppose one is one is easier than twenty to take on. But then it doesn't. But then it doesn't say it doesn't say anything about not having things like weapons to help you. If it's down to a physical fight, then yeah, one would be better than twenty. But if you could have weapons in it, then. It might be a bit of a different story. I think because tw- there's 20 of them, it makes it very easy to choose. I think if there was 10, maybe it would swing it better. I'll tell you what, next week, beginning of next week, after this drops, probably Tuesday or Wednesday, I'll put a Twitter poll up and we'll see one Thibodeau size Hasbulla or 10 Hasbulla size Thibodeaux, just to make it a little little bit more even and we'll, we'll let the people decide. Do it. Love a Twitter poll. Yeah, if it is 10, yeah, fuck it, I'll take 10 on. Why not? <laughs> I just find some more chances, more one on one. Yeah, one on one would obviously be easier. But ten four foot nothing size Tibidos, you like I say you just knee him in the face. Nah, I think you're underestimating them, man. I mean I'm I'm not I'm not a small guy, I'm not I'm not easy to take down. There's twenty of them, man. I've got a good centre of balance. I've got a good centre of balance. It's like Gulliver's tails. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'm loving this question now. I'm absolutely loving it. Like what, such it. A... I'm just thinking, have you ever seen the Christmas films and like someone goes to Santa's North Pole or something and all the elves jump on someone? Like 20 of them, man. Just body slam me. <laughs> no, you body slam the first three or four. Then next thing you know, there's like four, like you say, like you say you're climbing up on each other's shoulders and I'm choking you in. Nah, I'm, I'm taking the one. I don't like to make it, don't like to make things easier for, my, easy for myself. I'll take on 20. Sod it. What's the worst that can happen? Oh, no, that could kill you. Yeah, they could kill me, yeah. True. <laughs> Get rich or die trying, right? Oh, I love that question. It made it made me laugh when it came in and you know what, it's it's just funny talking about it. Tony, hope that's answered your question, mate. Uh we are we're gonna we're gonna put a Twitter poll out for you as well. Look at that, eh? So you've got us talking. You're gonna get the big the UK and Ireland community talking. But no, thanks for your question. Thanks for your question as well. Um Adog I'm really sorry. Adolly Gid, thanks for your question as well. We really do appreciate you getting in touch. That is all we have time for this time out. Um, but never fear, we'll be back soon. Um, again, bringing you the latest from uh, from OTAs and talking all things Giants once more as we're now just over two months away from the annual Hall of Fame game at the beginning of August. Two months till we see football on our screens, guys. Not long, not long now. The season will be here before we know it. Uh, anything to add before we go? Nah, it's just good chatting. Um, Kev, look forward to having you back next week with us and to everyone else listening, including Kev, actually. The usual, like, subscribe, rate, review, share. Greatly, greatly appreciated. Absolutely. Craig, anything to add, mate? 
Yeah, we've got some interesting stuff in the pipeline at the moment, so keep a, an eye on the Twitter. Hopefully, we'll have some news before long. And just, yeah, just keep up with all of your, your interaction on there. It makes my workday go a little quicker. Hopefully, my boss isn't listening to this. <laughs> well, if he's a Giants fan, hopefully he is listening to it. And if the boss is listening, can you please like, rate, review, share, five star? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, if, if he's a Giants fan, hopefully he's listening. If he's not a Giants fan, give us a listen anyway, because why not? What have you got to lose? Because if you're as busy as Craig is, you ain't going to have much to do. I'm joking, Craig. I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, no, we are sort of, we are really excited as we head into year two of bringing you all things Giants from a pers- our perspective here in the UK. Like Shane said, you can like, subscribe, review. We really, really do appreciate all your comments in, on your platform of choice. Le- leave us a little review, a five-star review. would be really appreciated. And as I said earlier, you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow the group that brought us all together on Facebook and on Twitter as well, at New York Giants Fans UK. Really looking forward to uh, to what the uh, next few weeks bring uh, and the next few months as well. Like Craig said, we've got a lot of stuff in the pipeline. Hopefully, it's uh, it's well, it is going to be an exciting time for us here. And hope you know we're hoping to have some more guests on in the coming sort of few weeks and months as well as we sort of go through this off season period. Um, so we're looking forward to getting some guests on to chat all things Giants too. My thanks as ever go to you Shane and to Craig as well for joining me. To Kev, hope you enjoy listening mate and we'll see you next week. Uh, and to you the listeners for tuning in, we're signing off until next time. Go Giants!